The frightening, alarming, real-life tales show firmly sides in evidence-based information, self-fact-checking, and credible news sources. Be vigilant for fake news and disinformation, and always question sources. We want to emphasize learning about the horrors of the past so that we are not doomed to repeat it in the future. We encourage you to exercise your right as a citizen of your country, hold your leaders accountable for injustices that your society faces, and vote for leaders that have a good track record, experience, and advocacies that you believe in. You are never too young to participate in national discourse, educate yourself on the issues of your country, and become a voice in your social circles, art, and activities. Your voice matters because when one person stands, you inspire others to stand up as well. The frightening, alarming, real-life tale show deals with some pretty heavy topics that are related to true crime and supernatural stories. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, everybody. Today, it's going to be a very, very fun show. But Nins is not available. So we are going to be going through this episode alone. Aww. This is the Frightening, Alarming, Real Life Tales show. The show where we talk about real-life scariest stories. I'm Andrew. And I'm Ninya. Tell me, why do you seem so scared? 909, Lying Down Dead. One third of them were children. She would swoop down and drain the blood of the infant. Everyone in London knows that this place is one of the most haunted places. Haunted as fuck. This place is haunted as fuck. God. So sit back, relax, and try to go crazy with fright. <laughs> hello, 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 and welcome to the frightening, alarming, real life tales. Uh. Hello, is this Andy? Um, yes, speaking. I know you're looking for Adel. Well, I have him. And I know you want him back. How do I know you're telling the truth? Why don't you listen for yourself? Andy, is that you? Please, help me! If you want him back, I'm giving you a chance to get him by winning my challenge. I'm challenging you to a duel. Um, can it wait? I'm, I'm in the middle of recording a farts episode right now. Uh, uh, yeah, of course. Maybe next week. Uh, no, I can't. Sorry. Then the week after. Nope. After? No, sorry. Fine. Then how about in four weeks? Okay. What? Really? Okay. <clears throat> I'll see you to the duel in four weeks. Wait. Oh my god. Oh my god, I just realized I can invite Jack to record with me through the call. I need a co-host, you guys. I'm so sorry. Like, I, as much as I love hosting alone, I cannot host farts alone. So we're going to be right back. And when we come back, I'll see if we can get Jack to co-host this episode with us today. I'll be right back. I like to have a good time when I listen to my horror podcast. Her left arm oh, was chopped so, off. Oh, that's so... Oh my god, really? Caused a panic all over the country. their deaths for like months and the months. The frightening, alarming, real-life tale show is my horror my podcast. My horror podcast. That's Give it? Pause, pause it. Nin, this is your scary <laughs> part. 
Be scared and laugh hard with the frightening, alarming Real Life Tales show every Friday on all major podcasting platforms. <laughs> Don't say I didn't warn you. Okay, we are back. Now, I called Jack uh, while we were on break and he told me that he didn't want to be on farts. So, we got the next best thing. Ade is here. Wow. Next best thing. That's how you describe me. Wow. We have the farts prophet. No, are you, you're the parts, the parts, the, the farts, farts prophet, right? <laughs> the prodigal son. Yeah, the prodigal son. Oh my God. Welcome back. Hi. Finally. Uh, we are able to uh, get you out of the depths of the unknown just to record with us today. It took you long enough, Jesus, Andy. Oh uh, well, you're not free yet, so we're gonna we're gonna find a way to get you free. Probably in four weeks, I'll yeah. figure out a way. Right now, know. I'm just in this weird <laughs> bubble with Andrew. So today's episode, it's going to be about cults. Now, um, Ade, you know how to run a cult. What? What do you mean? What are the things that you need to have to have a cult? Um, I need yeah. Me? Yeah, yeah, cult. <laughs> anyway, we'll be right back after these. <laughs> oh, yeah, cult. I don't know. I don't know who's worse, Ninja or you. I don't. Know. <laughs> I don't know who's the worst co-host. Like wow. <laughs> have have I ever thought that maybe it's not the co-host but rather it's the host, you know? Yeah, maybe. Maybe it's you. Maybe it's, maybe. You. Maybe it's me. <laughs> For you, what what defines a cult? Um, a charismatic leader. I think that's one of the defining things about a cult. Uh-huh. And Almost a devout following of a certain idea. Okay. Yes. Now, if you were to make your own cult, what would it be about? Maybe a cult about... Yeah, joking. Um, maybe something about theater. Theater? Yes. Oh, theater. And what are they going to do in this cult? Are they going to speak like this the whole time? They must speak in Shakespearean with an iambic pentameter. Why do we say You like what, mate? You what, mate? Why are we... <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, if I were to make my own cult, my own cult would be about, um, I don't know, probably... Uh, ketchup. Know, chick- chicken nuggets. Oh, Why would yeah. you say ketchup? Ketchup is my own guilty pleasure. Oh. I don't know. Ketchup, ketchup uh, with chicken nuggets, I can share it with people. Ketchup is like, it's a niche thing. Uh, you don't want to share your ketchup, in other words. Yeah, I don't want to share my ketchup. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, like, you have to be on, on my stream to know this, but I collect ketchup packets. <laughs> so um, He has a whole topperware of it, I think. I don't have the top the Tupperware anymore, but oh. I have uh, I have a pile of uh, ketchup packets like Just right in front of me right now. Oh my god! Like gosh. It, it's it's a whole pile. I'm not kidding. <laughs> like it's right there. Okay, 
Now, today's episode is going to be about cults. And Ade here, since he's my co-host for today, yeah. he has a story for uh, to share to us. But first, it's me. I go first. Let's my go. story. This story for you in this hand of mine. You can't stop the things I do. I lie. I've searched high low, wrote down an essay. Now Andrew is back, and there's hell to pay. There's a story for you. Yes. Uh, I don't you love it when you have a theme song? Yeah. <sighs> don't worry everyone. Andrew especially made a theme song for me, so I I'm that. so sorry. I didn't. What? <laughs> I am going to cancel you. I have a screenshot okay. of our conversation. Okay. Uh can you tell everybody what made you say yes to co-hosting today's episode? I had requests. I had demands. I demanded certain deadlines to be moved, and I demanded a theme song. It's on the contract. I have the proof. Unfortunately, I forgot to make a theme song. So, I mean, you I won't have one. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, well, I'll, 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 I don't know. I'll try to come up with something. I don't know. Okay. So, Ade, do you know about the Aum Shinrikyo? No, honestly, Ayala, you have no idea what that is. I don't even know how to pronounce it, but I tried my best. So, Aum Shinrikyo, it means supreme truth. And it was a cult Ooh. in Japan that began in the 1980s. So, these guys are a spiritual group uh, that mixed Hinduism and Buddhism beliefs. And uh, later, later down the line... you. Uh, they added some apocalyptic Christian prophecies into their teachings, which, you know, it resulted in what you could have guessed as it's something disastrous. It's just a, yeah, just a fun time. So the founder uh, is called uh, Shoko Asahara. Um, sorry, I'm doing a lot of ums. Uh, his name is Shoko Asahara. And he declared himself as the Christ, uh, as the Christ, as Christ, and the first enlightened one since Buddha. You can tell that this guy, you know, you said one of the characteristics of a cult is a charismatic leader. And he was definitely charismatic because this church gained so much followers that there were actually members worldwide. Ooh, come on, international. <laughs> Oh work the world. Work the world. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, so touring. many. Now, touring. Uh, now, so many followers actually were students from elite universities. Now, you can probably imagine that uh, how these guys got into the cult. Now, when you are feeling the pressure, when you have the pressure of being an in. Like to do well because you are an in an fuck, you are in an elite school, and 
like you feel the need to excel and to you know to be a certain image right and because you're taking up these courses or these classes in an elite school it your your future is probably also going to be as equally pressuring as your university days right I thought you were gonna say as equally apocalyptic. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, same thought. Same thought. So, the reason why a lot of these students went turned to um, Awam Shinrikyo uh, is because the the church offered them a more meaningful life, and all they had to do was follow, follow the church, and that was it. They'd be like, "Okay, I can be free of the pressures of life." As long as I follow this church, which you know, it's it's very much like the the feelings that any church gives, right? Well, that is true. I mean, in general, okay. The off the record, well, this is recorded, pero I mean, religion and cult are just almost one step away from each other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what what separates a religion from a cult? But anyway, um, so as the church grew, the church became increasingly paranoid uh, with the introduction of the Christian prophetic apocalyptic beliefs, you know. And soon, the church was convinced that the world the that the world would collapse to World War Three, and only three members from the church would survive. So, as per usual. You you know they believe that they can probably I don't know stop the war or at least you know like have the tides turn on their favor, uh, if they did certain activities, ah, and they did certain activities, like very dangerous activities, like uh, spray what they thought was botulinum toxin. To the civilian population in the vicinity oh of U.S. naval bases. Because, you know, they thought they could kill all of the civilians near the U.S. naval bases. Um, also, they uh, killed judges using the nerve agent sarin by releasing it into a residential neighborhood in Matsumoto, Japan. And also, um, they've also sprayed and injected a man on the street with a chemical while they posed as joggers because the man was suspected to be spying on the cult. And four days later, the person died. Oh my god. Now, they actually had more attacks, very similar attacks, and a lot of them failed, but some of them were, if they succeeded, they were devastating. Um, you know, like, a lot of... A lot of like they conducted all of these activities because they they believed they they fully believed in their hearts that they can turn the tide to this war that that was supposedly happening back in the 1990s so this is around 1990 already now the church mm. remember when i said the church started in the 1980s yeah, yeah it's it's been like around 10ish years since then and um, the most, but the most infamous attack was on March 20, 1995. So a year before 
a year before I was born, and bef- mm. and uh, like I don't know, like how age many years reveal. before you were born? Age reveal. <laughs> how many years before you were born? Well, much younger than you. Oh, shut up. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, uh, so it was the it was the Tokyo morning rush hour, and people were piling up on the train. People were coming in. They want. They needed to go somewhere. You know, they got jobs to do. They got school to do. And while everybody was on their way to work or school, a few of the passengers suddenly felt stinging fumes hit their eyes. In a matter of seconds, everybody on the train cart started choking and vomiting. And oh my gosh. like a few of them collapsed onto the floor. That's because they were hit with a nerve agent satin. Now, they actually used this before, but uh, satin was a nerve agent developed by the Nazis. Oh my gosh. The cult apparently left five bags filled with the liquid version of the nerve agent on the train near the ventilation so that it could spread on the train carts. That is insane. I know, right? So, on that day, 13 people died and at least 5,800 people were injured across three train lines. So, not, not, one sing- not on one single train, but on three different train ryan- uh, lines and, like, different carts. Oh my gosh, wait, how- were the people able to recover, though? Or is it, like, a permanent damage kind of thing? Based off of the article that I'm reading... Yeah. Or based off of the source article, uh, this left people blinded or paralyzed. Oh no! So it's permanent. I'm not sure if it's permanent. I'm not sure if it's permanent, but um, I can assume it is permanent. This day became the worst domestic terror attack ever carried out on Japanese soil. Now, this part of history in Japan was something that. That has been made into a game. Now I actually played the game on stream oh, before. Which not the plug. This? Oh my god, um, it wasn't like exactly the events of yeah. the of the thing. It was more of like it was inspired by. So it was like it was. They put it in the game called Tales of the Black Forest. I don't know if you remember <gasps> oh, me playing that. Yes, I remember that one. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. They they had a they had a part where they were in the train and then you had to like figure out whatever. I remember. remember that one. Yes. I yeah. So that that was like one of the scenes that inspired that. Um, so go ahead and go to twitch.tv slash the Andrew Tops. Not the plug. <laughs> anyway, so after that, um, it was then that the uh, the police started cracking down on what happened and all that. And they found five different bags of, you know, the liquid stuff. And they were able to trace it back to the cult. They arrested the leaders, the leader, and some of the people from the cult. And actually, a lot of them were put into death row. Ooh. I'm not sure how long ago the, de- the, de- uh, the death row was. I think it was in 2007, if I remember correctly. Okay. The information. I know he was killed on July 6th. He was executed on July 6th. A lot of people have also been executed, um, like six members at least. They're still on death row. Um, some of them have been 
pronounced as innocent or mm. served a different punishment. But yeah, um, that's what happened to the leaders. Now, you may think that the cult has died down, but actually it hasn't. Today, the cult is still active, but it is under the name Aleph or Aleph. Is it an abbreviation for something? And no, it's just like they renamed themselves. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, one of the one of the leaders that were that was not persecuted during the Saturn attack went on to make to rebrand the church, and actually another person from the same church actually rebranded or like branched off as another church so they're actually two different churches but the one that was uh the official like uh, like the aum shinrikyo uh the one that that is still that is now called aleph and they claim that they're more focused on you know their computer company right now but um who knows you know, they're still a dangerous organization. So they're under heavy surveillance by the government. And that was my story. So many questions. But I guess... Sure, shoot. Okay, shoot. first of all, who are the three people who are supposed to survive the whole apocalypse thing? That I do not know. Oh, okay. It just says, like, there will be three people. I don't know. I probably assume it's, it's um, the, the leader. Yeah. What was his name? Uh, Shoko Asahara, mm. um, and then two other people. Probably he's like, "Oh, if you are the most devout, then you will survive with me, or whatever." It's probably that. Yeah, it's usually like, if you do this, then you can yeah. live and survive with yeah. me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um. Next question. I think this is my last question for your story. Why did they branch out? Like, you said that they separated into two. Um, cults or organizations. Well, you what know, when one? when the when the powers when the balances of power tip, you know, the scales, yeah. like people are gonna scramble. The, the person that you're staying for is not there anymore. So you know, you gotta you 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 branch out to different things. You know, it's like when that one person in your friend group like leaves, and then <laughs> everyone else just does their own thing. Yeah, true. sometimes like. Like two friends hang out with each other, and then like these other two friends will like will like hate each other. It's kind of like that. Choosing sides, in other words. Yeah, because because the leader disappeared, uh, people were like, "Oh, I can be a leader. Oh, but I don't want to be a part of this cult. So I'll I'll char- I'll start my own." And then the other one, the other guy's like, "Oh, I'm the leader now." Do we know what the name of the other cult is or organization? Yes. The other group is now called Hikari Noa, mm. Circle of Rainbow Light. It is headed by the Aum's uh, former spokesman and Asahara's successor, Fumihiro Joyu. And uh, it was formed in 2007. Oh, 2007. Uh, Joyu claimed to have distanced his group from worship of Asahara. Yeah. I see. Circle of Rainbow Light? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, sounds yeah. like a cult. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, you know, you just know it sounds like a cult. Yeah. Like it, it, there's just something about I don't know. I I can't point my finger on it, but it's it's giving cult. Yeah, <laughs> it, it it's giving it's giving it's giving 
dangerous cults. Anyway, yeah. So that that that's it. Yeah. Now, Ade, it's your turn. And in that time that I was telling my story, I made this. Oh, my theme song. Ade is here, and Ade's got a story. One that will scare you to bits. Ade is here, and yes, it's sure now. Go ahead, give us the freaks. Ade is here with a scare that he'll share. Give to us what we seek. Trust me, my dear, you'll be in for a treat. I won't say I told you so. Is here and Ada's got a story. Let's put him to the test. If he's telling, better be listening. Ada is here. <laughs> yes, I have a theme song. Do you know? Do you know the original? You don't recognize it? Mother Gothel, dear. Oh Mother my Gothel. God! Oh, I love that you recognize it. One of my Yay. favorite Disney princesses. I did that on purpose. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Why? Because I'm an old hag. Yes. I knew it. So, what's your story? Okay, my story. Actually, I mentioned it earlier. Remember when I said I wanted to start like a. Uh, a cult of theater. Well, we're actually going to go back way back in ancient times, way back to. Oh, the so Gre- there is a cult about theater. Yes, Greece, Greso Roman times, and we're going to talk about the cult of Dionysus or cult of Bacchus for the Romans. So, if those who are not familiar, actually, the reason why I st- I went for this story is because I recently just read The Sun and the Star by Rick Riordan and Makashiro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'm in a Greek or Greco-Roman mythology mood. So, I went and researched on cult, ancient cults, and I found this. Uh, specifically, there is a Roman festival for Bacchus, uh, the god of wine, freedom, intoxication ecstasy revelry all of that theater revelry it's called the bacchanalia so the bacchanalia is essentially a festival where it was originally originally attended by women um according mm-hmm. to livy mm-hmm. the uh, roman historian that wrote about the bacchanalia 200 years after it happened um but eventually because they were celebrating bacchus and all Wine suddenly got in, suddenly got involved in the whole revelry, so that attracted men, and <laughs> of course, of course, of course, of course, the real the real horror joke. Uh, so the men started coming over, and with the wine came excess, drunkenness, and loud music, and so that became the night version of the whole Roman festival. Men just drinking men and women intermingling uh different classes intermingling and all of this is to celebrate uh the god of uh wine freedom intoxication ecstasy revelry which is bacchus um the thing is 
um, Livy or the Roman historian who documented this um, mentions that the rowdiness got so out of hand that this cult got so out of hand that the Roman Senate started investigating into the cult as to what is exactly happening here? Why is everyone drunk? Why is everyone just causing chaos? And it is suspected, again, the word is suspected, that the whole debauchery of this festival is used as a ruse or as a cover-up for the head of the cult, the priests, the priestesses, to commit crimes under a guise of a religion. So, what, what are the crimes? There are political murders, there are moral and religious um, crimes. So, I'm not exactly sure specifically what um, the moral crimes are. But the biggest one here is political murder. So, yeah. They even have a term for those who are of weak will that are easily influenced by the charismatic leader, as I mentioned before. They call those of weak will Levitas Animi. The Bacchanalia actually inspired a lot of literature um, regarding this cult of Dionysus. Um, there's also mythology about it. Um, the cult of Dionysus is also called the cult of the souls. Um, there were women who led the Roman festivals, the Bacchanalia, called Maenids. Um, they feed the dead through blood offerings. So what? Yeah, blood offerings. This is the mythology. This is not the um hard fact now, but it's the literature that spawns from Bacchanalia since Bacchanalia is so old that we can only speculate what uh the full details are, but you never know. Stories have a glimpse of truth in them. So Maenads are women who lead the Roman festivals. And they feed the dead through blood offerings. And they act as a divine communicant between the living and the dead. So, here's the thing. The Dionysus also has uh, another name called Dionysus Eleutherios, which means the liberator. He's also the god of freedom, oppressive restraints of the powerful. So, the interesting thing is, Modern scholars actually contest the um, documentation or the records of Livy or Titus Livius because he was actually a conservative. So in I guess in modern times, he was very um, conservative, doesn't really know the progressive stuff. He was pro-government and all of that. So they think that Livy is painting them more off because the origins of the Roman festival came from the Greeks. So he did not like the Romans being tarnished by the Greeks. So that's one, one thing that they said, the modern scholars, about Livy's interpretation of the Bacchanalia. And also, um, just to give you a, uh, an idea of how much of a chaos that the Bacchanalia uh, brought upon, eventually they went under a reform by the Roman Senate because it was so bad that the government had to step in. Um, they tried to control the festivities. Um, they tried to control the number of people who joined. They did a 
three is to two ratio, three women out of uh with two men kind of ratio thing. So because so like the women are the level headed people. Yeah. I mean they were the ones who started it, the men were the ones who ruined it. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, true. And then So yeah, they went under reform and eventually they were able to control the rowdiness. Although again, this is on the description of Livy, how he described Bacanaya is that he stressed to the consul Possumus that it was an overwhelmingly female nature of the cult. So I'm not sure if there's a, a gender role. Wait, the rowdiness here. is the the rowdiness is a mainly female energy. This is, is according to, to Livy. That is according to Livy. It's yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's trying to say female. the rowdiness. He's yeah. talking about the rowdiness. Uh-huh. Of the cult, yeah. Like, it has female nature energy. That cult is very female. So, Once again, again a man trying to blame <laughs> it on the women for something that men do. So. Not all men, <laughs> but it's always a man. And somehow... It's still it's it's been going on since the ancient Greek and Roman times. <sighs> Just saying. Not well. all men. <laughs> well, I guess the real horror here is the what man. I would like to question is man, of course one. <laughs> and the second one is is it really the horror of a cult in this sense? Or is it the government trying to um, restrain or control the cult? Because um, since God, since Dionysus is also known as the god of um, freedom from oppressive restraints of the powerful. So it really makes you wonder who is the horror here? Government control or quote-unquote the cult? And? I don't know, man. If if they try to like, if they're trying to disguise uh, criminal activity in like under the veil of a cult, I don't know. That's pretty horrific. If you ask me. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, man. But if I don't know, I, man. I mean, if you're trying to cover up criminal activity with government uh, policies, then I, that seems oh, bad. Well, oh well, I oh. I, if you know, if you're if you're trying to spend eleven million a day, you know, oh! like I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm man. just saying. <laughs> and that is my story. I have a question. Yeah. Um. Now, how how did like? I know that the Roman government or the Roman Senate had it under control. So how did they? How did the how did this cult eventually die out? Or is it still like ongoing? Is there still a festival being held in in Bacchus's name or Dionysus' name? Um, eventually they just died down on their own. I think it was um um it it says here that um by Livy's standard, it was one of the reasons why Rome fell, in a sense. Although again, oh, so not, when when yeah. Rome fell, like it, it, like the that fell with it. Yeah, I guess I, that's how Livy framed it. That it was one of the precursors to the fall of Rome. So when Rome fell, I assume it is gone. Uh, it disappeared. Yeah. yeah. 
All right. All right. Yeah. Ada, thank you so much for coming to this episode. Now, I always ask this in season four, and I think season three, what is your key takeaway? What stuck with you after our talks? Uh, question your leaders. <laughs> question your leaders. Charu. Away from this. Charu. The thing that I am taking away from today is the fact that if motivated enough, people can do questionable things. Oh. I don't know. Maybe 8K is enough to motivate you to ruin a whole country. <laughs> or maybe, sorry, maybe, you know, having a charismatic leader is enough for you to commit crimes. Mm. So that is it. That is it for today. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Frightening Alarming Real Life Tale Show. You can follow me on all my socials at the Andrew Tops. Uh, the show's Facebook and Twitter is at FartsPod. And Ade, what are your socials? Don't follow me. That's creepy. Okay. <laughs> you, we've got a group on Facebook that you can join. We post everything that we talk about on the show and any scary stuff we may come across. And also, we've got a Discord server. Now, all of those links are in the show's show notes. If you've got a scary story you'd like to share, then you can email fartspod at gmail.com or message us on all our socials. Wow, that is the first time I've been able, I've been able to fit the whole ending spiel under the music. Yeah. In a long time. Ade, thank you so much for coming with me, for joining me here in this bubble. And now it's time to pop it. And I guess <sighs> we'll rescue you in four weeks. Enjoy Please. whatever Jack Wells is doing to you there. Help. He's singing to me in his own weird accent. It's torture. <laughs> He's singing to me. What, is, what's, what, what has he been singing? Old time tunes. <laughs> it doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. Anyway, I think we'll. I think I'll keep you in for like a few more weeks. No, um, I won't rescue you. Like I, 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 I think that is an enjoyable moment on my end, not on yours. Bye, Ade. No.